He's the most important guy for the Vancouver Canucks next season. His name isn't Elias Pettersson. His name isn't Quinn Hughes. His name is Philip Hronik. Should you love him? Should you hate him? Is he going to be good or bad? We're going to tell you next. It's Bagsy and it's Bowen. And you're listening to Locked On Canucks. Your Locked On Canucks. Your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, hey, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Canucks. My name is Trevor Beggs, Canucks writer and part-time credential media member for Daily Hive Vancouver. Before we dive into the show, we want to thank you for listening to Locked On Canucks. It's your team every day, but actually three to five days a week here in the summertime. But hey, whatever we're here for, go make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Now today, again, we got to talk about him, okay? The most important man on the Vancouver Canucks next season. Got to talk about the good, the bad. Is there any ugly? I don't know. We're going to get to it soon. But first and foremost, someone who's, you know, just as integral to Locked On Canucks as Hronik is to the real Vancouver Canucks, and that's Cal Bowen. How you doing, brother? Hey, man. How's it going? It's Friday. We made it. You know, we fighting to not only live another day, but fighting to get closer and closer to the breakthrough, having uh, one of our many dreams come true hey speaking of what you just said about uh you know big reason a locked on canucks and, and the success here kyle bowen blah 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 the philip Aronic of the show blah 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 dude we just had jay comment again saying oh my goodness we almost had a solo show with trevor bags how unfortunate that kyle had to also want to talk cock dude jay dude let's hang out oh let's, man let's, let's let's go to tim horns together okay it's on me let's figure this out wow let's figure this out dude because you don't want to get on my bad side, all right? Begsy, you know what happens to the people. You know what I'm saying? I'm No, no, we're not going to go there. Not going to go there, okay? Kyle Bound, Trevor Beggs, Locked On Canucks. Hey, the people, speaking of the people, shout out to Jay. Uh, we'll get the comment corner at the end of the show. But we only have time for one comment, okay? Uh, because it's a big one. It's a big one. And I got to go to the beach, okay? Anyways, Philip Ronick, he's the, he's the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, the dude that we don't know much about, the dude with one arm, maybe, who knows, who knows? <laughs> the dude that we question why Eisenman traded him uh, for maybe nothing, as somebody alluded to yesterday, the biggest Philip Ronick fan of all time. He's just so polarizing and so important to this team. And Trevor Bags, I'm excited to see what you dug up on the dude and what you got to say ultimately about, again, the most important player on the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, I think, you know, for today's episode, let's go. Let's start with the good, okay? Let's, uh, okay. you always call me the dark guy on the program, pessimistic Begsy. So let's start with the good. We'll get to some of the rest later on. Um, but yeah, start starting with the good. I mean, Philip Ronick just had his best NHL season last year. So, um, you know, again, we mentioned on yesterday's show quickly in comment corner, uh, Ronick had 39 points in 60 games. Moritz Sider, their number two defenseman, had 42 points in 82 games. So, uh, you know, only three points more than Hronik in 22 more games. So, um, you know, Hronik last season, Adam mentioned it yesterday, he did start to steal back some of that power play one time. You know, uh, Hronik on the power play in 2021-22 wasn't as good, but he was a really good puck distributor, really good primary assist rate. He was scoring some goals. But just everything about Hronik started to come together last season. And, you know, I found this one comment from his former head coach, Jeff Blashill, to be interesting. So a couple years back, Jeff Blashill compared – Philip Peronic to Mark Giordano. Okay. He basically Ooh. said that, you know, he might not be the biggest guy in the world, but he's going to play tough. 
He knows how to defend. He's going to create some offense. He's going to be hard to play against. So, um, okay. you know, Mark, Giordano, Mark Giordano, obviously a bit of a late bloomer. Hronik uh, was completely the opposite. Hronik got thrown to the Wolves uh, in a top pairing role early on in his NHL career. Now, Kyle, obviously that uh, analytically that hurt the player, like he got shelled. But do you think there's some value in that? Like being thrown to the Wolves that early in your NHL career? I mean, I think it could go both ways. So I'm curious your thoughts on it. Well, being thrown into the Wolves and then being on just the most pathetic team at the same time is is tough. And to see him get better analytically, because I didn't watch a lot of... <laughs> I don't watch any Philip Rona games, let's be honest, let's be real, uh, other than the games that he got traded to Vancouver and he played in, blah, blah, blah. But just to see him get better through all of that is, is something. That's not easy to do. You know, for real, to, to get closer and closer to your potential while, again, being around a losing environment is tough. Now, he gets thrown into the wolves, and he probably plays more minutes because of it, because of it and they want to develop him, they use him, and they don't have a lot of good players. And, again, tough, but progress is something that we have to hold on to. Canucks fans have to, bro. That's the biggest reason why they traded for him, because Alvin saw the progress, his pro, pro scouts saw the development, and they think there's... A lot of room there for him to improve and you know with the skill set that he does have because it is unique it is outlier ish for real it's it's needed on successful teams uh, we got to hope that he again uh, gets better uh, what do you think because i think when uh, you're talking to a canuck fan we've thrown players into the wolves into the into the into the fire right and it never it, it didn't really work out all the time uh, but that being said quinn hughes elias Patterson, those guys got the push right away pretty much right away and it worked out. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I, I find that fascinating, but I think it just depends on the player. Like yeah. like you said, we've seen it time and time again in this market. Guys get thrown to the wolves, and it doesn't necessarily work out. Like, you know, Jared McCann probably would have developed a lot faster mm. if he did spend that season in the AHL, as he said he should have. Um, you know, Jake Bertano might have been lost cause. But even on defense, you look at, you know, Ben Hudden, uh, Troy Stetcher. But those guys have benefited from you know, maybe some extra seasoning. You know, Ben Hodden was playing pretty tough matchups in his first season when he was voted the Vancouver mm. Canucks best defenseman. What a time what? to be alive. That happens? Wait, hold up. Yeah. Ben Hutton won and, the Alex Edler Award or the Matthias Olin Award or what, whatever it's called. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. Are you serious? Yo, we've been through dark times, man. We've been through yeah, seriously. dark times. And yeah, some players do need that patience and that, that comfort. And, and again, it really has to do with Again, we're talking about athletes that for parts of the majority of their lives, they were the best player on their team, the best player in their city maybe, you know, best player in their league, all these players at one point, right? And, and then you get thrusted into your dream, but you're, you're again around people who suck, like losing environments. No, no pro athlete, well, most of them don't like to lose. And to grow within that environment is A-level tough. Like it's really, really hard. You, you can get sidetracked in a lot of different things, right? Let, let's say there's not a lot of success on the ice. You're probably looking for success elsewhere, right? In the clubs, at the restaurants, you got that paycheck. No, seriously. Like you got <laughs> yeah, no, fair like, other things to do to feel good about yourself, not to feel like a loser. When at the end of the day, like whether you're in a losing environment or not, like your objective, especially in the, the pro sports landscape, is to continue to get better. because, And especially when you enter the pros, because now you're with peers who are all pros, who have all been the best player in their positions. And you're, you're all competing for not just Lord Stanley, but uh, that paycheck staying in NHL for a long time. So going back to Philip Aronik, 
you know, I never really thought about it like this. The fact that he got better, a lot better last year. That's making me think, bro. This guy could be a gamer gamer, a real gamer. And now you're making me also think, and you were there. That press conference at the end of the season, the dude didn't look stoic. Like, he, he, he seems pretty calm. He also looked really, like, angry. It, as if, like, he he's seen the tweets slash the YouTube videos about the trade and how, uh, like, some of the fan base or a lot of the fan base was not only just confused but a little angry as well because it was, like, this guy and not a guy like Jacob Chikrin or something. You know what I'm saying? He just looked uh, yeah, mad like he has something think, to prove. Yeah, and I think it was the whole win now mentality. I mean, Kyle, you and I got to stay honest here, I, I believe, and again – Every day is no, but our first day hosting Lockdown Canucks March 1st is when the trade dropped. And I think the next day our episode was called Why the Heronic Trade Still Hurts. <laughs> yeah, dude. He saw that video for sure. He saw your face. That's why he was so mad. He was there. And he yeah, was, that could have been. Yeah, I was, sitting, I was sitting about eight feet away from him. So, <laughs> dude, of course, man. Of course. That fake energy, oh, you know? Man. Oh, man. So, uh, I, hey, like I said, we're, we're rooting for Philip Heronic, but, uh, you know, I think there are some red flags, some risks uh, that we'll get to the other side. But first and foremost, maybe a couple more good things about Hronik. Dude, say okay? it, say it. Come on, say it. Uh, you know, Kyle, I got to say, the computer boys, they do love Philip Hronik, okay? You know, looking at that athletics player card model, uh, he was considered in the 90th percentile among defensive defensemen. Yeah, he was so good, he knocked your headphones off, Kyle. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, so, uh, again, considered one of the best defensive defensemen in the NHL last season. You know, he had, you know, fairly tough matchups. It wasn't the easiest, wasn't the toughest, but... Get a decent amount of good competition he faced. And then the other model that uh, paints Hronik in a great light, an amazing light, is wins above replacement. So at the time of the trade, uh, Philip Hronik had the fifth best uh, wins above replacement in the NHL. Whoa. Quinn Hughes was fourth. So if you want to look at a glass half full here, and let's do it. The Canucks have, you know, two of the five best defensemen in the league on their team. Yo, is Hronik going to be the second best defenseman of, in Canucks history? I'm here for it, man. Let's go. No, that's that's impressive, man. That's super impressive. And, uh, yo, that's that's the type of energy we need, bro. That's the type of energy we need, man. We said it, man. We said it yesterday. Ho hope is dope. Hope is dope. Coming in October, hope is dope. And I feel as if, you know, we've we, we've spent a lot of time this offseason, and rightfully so, talking about, you know, Carson Soucy, Ian Cole, Teddy Bluger, you know, filling up some holes, filling up some cracks, uh, good stop gaps uh, for, you know, the next – well, to the phase that's coming after the phase that we need to get to, and that's getting better, learning how to win, and then we want to contend, you know, just we got to get there. And these three players help us, again, get better next season. That being said, Philip Ronick, uh, it has to be talked about more. This guy is the reason we can get a lot better sooner. It, if the Grand Slam is hit, this can't be a double or a triple, not even uh, maybe maybe a home run. But the way you're talking about it, there's a little bit of potential that here that for this to be, again, a grand slam, a pivotal type of trade. And I wrote about this in my blog, and I haven't written the blog in about a week. I think I'm going to uh, maybe write about writing the blog this weekend, you know, drink some coffee, have a good time, chipping away at it. But great teams. You know what they do, Trevor Bags? They really win trades, like really win trades. Could this be one of them where they really win trades? And we talk about this trade 15 years from now it was a risk but paying paying that much you know a top 17 pick and, and an extra pick for possibly a top 10 top 15 defenseman in the league dude that changes a lot yeah and that's a big if if that's the case then yeah. it's definitely a grand slam i hope we're talking about it that way 
But Kyle, on the other side, you might not like this. I'm going to bring up some of the, the risks with Philip Pronick, okay? But first, hey, I got to tell you, go take your swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. How is that even possible, man? Hey, guess what? That's 200 you could spend betting on everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. And guess what? You can do it all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. By the way, before we get back to the show, I got to remind you again that every episode of Locked on Canucks will be available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcatcher at 4.20 p.m. for no reason at all. Again, every episode of Locked on Canucks at 4.20 p.m. for no reason at all. Let's get back to the show. Okay, okay, we back. We're always back. It's Locked on Canucks. It's your team every day. Kind of, sort of, not really. Monday, Wednesday, Friday is the schedule we're giving you. And if we're feeling it, we'll hit you with bonus episodes in between those three days. Again, Trevor Beggs, Kyle Bowen. Uh, we don't got better things to do. This is the best thing in the world. Talking about the Canucks, this, this was the dream. This was the dream. This is why Trevor Beggs and Kyle Bowen met back in 2011, September of 2011. Anywho, enough about us. Let's keep talking about Philip Aronic and Bagsy. This is this is where you shine most, ironically, because this is the darkest part of this conversation. And I am scared of this because of how you had me feeling five minutes ago. Yeah. You, you're making me want to like read essays on this guy and find Reddit posts about, yo, Philip Aronic is really good at hockey. And now you might crush that. I might. And again, it's it's wait and see. He's played four games for the Canucks. He was really good <laughs> last season. We'll see what happens. But yeah, there's obviously some risks with this deal, okay? You know, first and foremost, the, the number one risk in my eyes would be it turns out he can't defend very well because that was the case through his first few NHL seasons. Now, again, he was a young chap in the NHL playing 22 to 24 minutes a night some seasons. Back in 2019-20, the guy was averaging close to 24 minutes a night. And Detroit was the worst team in the NHL. So that was a really tough situation for him to be in. Um, but yeah, the, the underlying numbers don't paint a good picture for every single of his NHL seasons before last season. Okay. Um, I know he was, I mean, again, passing the depth chart by Moritz Sider, who is younger. I know he was a Calder winner, but um, some cause for concern there. And, and also here's this, Kyle. And, and this kind of uh. leads to one of my other big risks with, with Heronic is, you know, the Red Wings traded him. And, you know, they're not flush with defensemen. That being said, they got quite a few defensive prospects coming up. But you know what smart teams do, Kyle? They draft and develop their defensemen. The Canucks didn't do that, so they had to take a shortcut. But now it's one of those situations where Hronik, again, could be on a value contract next season, making a $4.4 million. And, you know, hopefully it is a value contract. Hopefully he plays up and it plays like an $8 million defenseman. That would be great news for the Canucks. But he's going to be due for a big raise at the end of uh, next season. So... Is that something you're worried about now, or is no, that just no, a no, problem no. for 2024? Dude, I'm not. I'm not worried about that because the deal has been done. You know, it's it's we paid the premium, we have to live with it, and if we have to live with it, let's make the most of it. 
you know, paying a lot for players is one thing, but paying a lot for really good players is something that, dude, smart, smart sports fans, we got a lot of them here on the West Coast, the best coast of Canada. We can live with that because those guys help you win games. It's all good. Help us win games. Now, okay, the uh, the defensive stuff aside and him only really having, you know, 50, 60 games where he was, you know, reliable full-time and showed signs of being that elite number two type of guy. I want to touch on, again, the fact that Detroit traded him. And I think the easy the easy thing to say is uh, they, they see this being the most they're ever going to get out of him. They see he's already peaked. He's not going to get better. Uh, let's get rid of him, you know, right now. He also doesn't want to sign for the money that we want to give him. Maybe they were trying to negotiate with him. I, I don't know. Like, who knows? Who knows? They, they weren't allowed, but you never know. Maybe he had some inside sources, and, and like, they could tell, like, the number that they wanted to give Heronic in the offseason to extend him uh, wasn't going to work out. Let's just get rid of him, okay? This is the most we can get from him, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I also wonder if, if there was like a bridge burned earlier, you know what I'm saying? Like maybe, uh, cause I'm hearing, I'm not hearing things and I'm, I'm like vaguely seeing this, uh, in some comments on the videos about him and some tweets, like something about a personality issue, hmm. something about that. Like, I don't know. It, like sometimes we say those things as sports fans, but it's, it's not his personality. It could be his relationship with the Red Wings, you know, that was kind of broken. And that's why something imminent had to happen. And it did happen. I don't know. Like, like again, I'm just curious to, uh, this will all pan out next season. We'll, we'll see how it actually looks. And maybe we'll hear more about uh, again, what happened in Detroit, because that's going to happen. Like we got to put this out there. This guy's going to kill it. This guy's going to kill it. He's going to be elite. And people are going to question like, yo, like why did Detroit out of all teams get rid of a really good defenseman? And then maybe the, uh, the news will come out on, on the why. Yeah, uh, to touch on the personality point uh, a little bit, I haven't heard those reports, but he's considered to be a quiet dude. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of get that sense when he's even in media scrums, right? For the I was in a couple with him this year. He doesn't say a lot. <laughs> he's a pretty quiet guy. Um, and if we want to go down you know, kind of conspiracy boulevard, you know, with the Red Wings, you know, one of his, uh, apparently one of his best friends in the team was Philip Zadina. And Zadina kind of fell to favor with the team that last year too. So, um, obviously Zadina left the Red Wings this offseason. Hronik was traded in March, but it's interesting that the two two good Czech buddies are now no longer on the Red Wings anymore. So take from that what you will. There might be nothing to take from it, but that's kind of something that popped in my head there. Is, you know, we're talking about Hronik's personality and whatnot. Yeah. I don't know. It's like again, you know, I don't I don't think we're gonna be doing too much digging on this because as a Canucks fan right now, like, dude, I think all Canucks fans should just focus on like what's going on on the ice. We spend way too much time about uh, talking about and living with off ice stuff. This is this is the year where players are accountable, and uh, we can just focus on uh, how they are as uh, individual hockey players, but more notably how they mesh as a team. And uh, I'm not scared anymore, though. I think months ago I was scared and confused and uh, not trusting whatever. Alvin was doing here but the more and more i hear about this guy i'm just i'm just looking forward to his potential yes his potential being reached and him doing the most and getting better as a hockey player and looking forward to getting paid a lot okay speaking about getting paid we got to run to ads right now i think on youtube but definitely definitely on the podcast side Uh, speaking of the podcast side thanks for listening Uh, we're seeing those numbers go up we really appreciate that and uh, leave us a review Leave us a rating. Why not? 
uh, let's put more bacon on Trevor's family's table. You know, I don't got kids, but this guy got kids. So a review goes a long way, right? I think so. Anyways, Locked On Canucks, your team every day. Trevor Bags, are we shouting out anyone on the YouTube side? Nah. Okay, let's get to Common Corner. All right, all right. Locked on Canucks, your team every day. Trevor Bags, Kyle Bowen, again, living the dream. Uh, speaking of, of the dream, uh, Trevor Bags, another weekend coming up. Uh, extended family, uh, the best thing in life. You're doing it. You're living uh, the most lavish of lives. Uh, what's the What's the plan? What's the plan? Sunny weekend? What, what are you doing? Uh, yeah, so Saturday morning, gonna gonna drag uh, my two kids uh, on a hike on Cyprus. Oh, Whoa, come on, a, a little four and a half k hike, you know, no big deal. A little view of Cyprus in the or a little view looking over. Please, please tell me, please tell me, Henry's in a stroller. Don't make this guy crawl up the mountain, okay? Oh, no, no, guy. no. I know it's you okay, want this guy to be in a stroller on a hike. No, okay. he's, he's gonna be in my chest, buddy. He's gonna be uh, in the wrap in my okay. chest, all okay. wrapped up, safe and sound. I thought you were gonna oh, make okay. him crawl up, dude, for real. Dude, he's one month old. How much do you know? about no, kids bro no no i'm just saying like i know i know how much of an aggressive hockey dad you are and you want this guy to be strong oh, yeah. strong true, true, forearms true. you know trevor's true. dream like trevor's his first dream was to again you know talk about the vancouver canucks and use this as a a source of income for his life for his life you know make a career out of it and his second dream is to make sure his make sure his son is an nhl player I, yeah. I, <laughs> we'll see how it goes man we'll see how it goes oh, oh man. man sipping on a double double Right, sipping on a double double, something like that, the... buddy. Something oh, like man. that. Hey, th- and thanks for a- thanks for asking what I'm doing this weekend. By the way, well, you know, I thought I thought friend, you're coming over to my place good, on Saturday. Good, good friend, there you go. That's what I was about to yeah. say. That's what I was about to say. And I'm gonna come over in the early evening because in the later evening, my girl's got a show. She's gonna be singing. Ooh. Oh yeah, there we love go. So- love songs about me, and <laughs> the show the show's not in my bedroom, baby. She's actually got a show, so I'm gonna go to that, and it's somewhere downtown, and I'm looking forward to it, man. Super blessed to be uh, to be here alive, and again, given another chance to just live, breathe, and talk about the Canucks. Hey, speaking of talking about the Canucks, Common Corner. It starts now. It's my favorite part of the show. It's Trevor Beggs' favorite part of. No, no, it really isn't. This is just a a Kyle Bowen thing, okay? Anyways, let's get into Common Corner. Welcome to Common Corner, powered by paraphrasing. Today's comment comes from Harpoon. Kyle, what are you smoking? Management doesn't owe Pedersen anything. If he's truly a franchise player, he himself needs to turn his team into a contender. He needs to be responsible for bringing the cup to Vancouver and steal from the mindset of Crosby and then Malkin, aka don't be a jackass. Dude, Harpoon. He's the man, one of the greatest fans of the program, and he makes sense. He does make sense. And I know yesterday I was handing Pedersen the blank check and it's it's because he's so important. And also, I do think the number of the salary cap is going to go way up in a couple of years. And this contract that he signs now, even if we have to give him 12 and a half or 13 or 12 or whatever, he's going to be way worth it. And that's the time where the Canucks are going to be contenders. But I do understand at the same time, at that time, they're also going to be paying OEL a lot more to do nothing. So saving money is the necessity I just don't think – I don't know if it's wise of the Vancouver Canucks to be overly aggressive with trying to save dollars here. Maybe hope that Pedersen already has this in mind. You, you get what I'm saying? Like, don't piss off Pedersen here. That's that's what I'm trying to say because he is, 
he's like the number one. The, the Vancouver Canucks are never getting a number one overall pick. They're not getting it. They're not getting a generational. You, you know what I'm saying? He's that guy. He's the generational talent. I, that's how much I believe in this guy. I, here's the question. Well, again, thanks for the, co- the comment, Harpoon. Here's the question for you, Kyle, and for you listening right now. For Pedersen, like say you are driving a hard negotiation, are you better off overpaying him or are you better off letting him walk? And, and I know he's an RFA, so you're not necessarily walking, but those are kind of the two things on my mind right now. Yeah. Um, on the ice, it's like, well, how much more could this guy do, right? But I know Harpoon's point is more about the salary. Um, you know, at, at the end of the day, I think, this isn't a Toronto Maple Leaf situation where you have like three guys who are all of a sudden like make it 11 million bucks. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, where, where am I going to spend the rest of my money? We're talking about one guy right now. We're talking about a latest Patterson. That's it. That's it. He's the one guy. Uh, yeah. Quinn Hughes is getting locked up for another three years. So uh, again, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable throwing Elise Patterson in the bag right now. If he wants to stay in Vancouver and you know, the last thing I'll say here, Kyle, is that, you know, it's, it's fair to criticize and you and I have done it. These, these win now moves by the Canucks. Cause it's like, you know, they were a bottom dwelling team last season, but you know, one of the arguments to make it these win now moves is LA's better since his prime. This is the time to make a run. I see that argument as much as, you know, the, the betting area has scarred me with all those like failed win now moves. I mean, I'm, I'm seeing the rationale because you got Hughes, Pedersen and Demko all in their primes right now. Well, um, and the Canucks aren't really that close to being Stanley Cup contenders. So hopefully this year's the year they make a big jump. Make a jump. And I believe Pedersen's prime is like open for a lot of years, you know, straight up. There, there's levels to this stuff. There are, man. I think uh, we've seen it in the past. Look, I mean, look at, look at Vegas. I mean, Mark Stone, like premier player. He is a premier player. He's like elite, elite. He really is. And uh, look at his age and look at when he got it done, you know, still like young, old, but like his windows like was open for a long time. And I think, Pedersen's window is going to be open for that long too. And I think, again, like, I don't know who these people are they or what they're thinking because the objective here is also to sign Pedersen for eight years. That's why the number's yeah. going up too. Like, like, they're, like, Pedersen, if they're going to give him, like, 11 or 10 and a half or whatever, right? I think there's a good chance this guy's like, okay, cool, but let's make this a four-year deal. Let's make this a five-year deal so I can re-up again down the road and become a UFA that, that option's like that, that makes sense. If you're in Pedersen's position, it's just the truth because the salary cap's going to go up and he's still going to be super elite. And I wonder if they you know the next time around he can get paid 15 and a half, $17 million a year. Who knows what the number's going to be? I'm just saying, you know, so the objective here is to sign it for eight years. And that's why I'm thinking like that a hundred million dollar deal. It'll be worth it. Talking about Pedersen, man. The one guy again. Hope is dope. Hope is dope. If Pedersen is not a Canuck, like I know you can get a lot for him, but he's our generational guy. If there's no Pedersen in the future of the Vancouver Canucks, hope is nope. Hope is nope. It's just the truth, man. It's just the truth. He's that damn good. He's that damn good. I was thinking Mope is dope if uh, Pedersen leaves the city, you know? (laughs) We're gonna be we're gonna try to spin a a positive spin on Mopin, but uh yeah, I it's uh, I think that the point you make about eight years is a great point, Kyle, because yeah. you want this guy with this team as long as possible. Like he is the franchise Dude. and let's, let's, let's lock him up long term. I, I, again, if he's demanding, like, you know, maybe McDavid money, you know, right now, then maybe it's a bit of a different story, but um, yeah, this guy's worth a lot of money. That's for sure. He's one of the best players in the NHL. Dude, he's worth. Yeah. He's just that damn good. And, 
last note on him. We can talk about Pedersen for minutes and minutes and minutes and minutes, but we got to get out of here. I got to go to the beach, okay? It's It was one year, and it was the quote-unquote – actually, it wasn't the fake playoffs. Me and you talked about it. The feelings were in our stomach, so that made the playoffs real. Pedersen did it in his first first run in the playoffs. What did he do? He was not only the best player on the Vancouver Canucks – he damn well might have been one of the best players in the playoffs up until the point he got eliminated. We've been around this franchise for a very long time. Nothing against Henrik and Daniel. Nothing against Marcus Naslin, Bertuzzi, blah, 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 blah. We've had premium offensive players, and it either took them a while to get revved up for the playoffs and uh, able to play their game and pick up points, but Pedersen did it in year one. The guy's a gamer, and he will go down if he plays his whole career as a Vancouver Canuck, as the greatest Canuck of all time. Locked on Canucks, your team every day. Trevor Beggs. Yes, Trevor Beggs. Kyle Bowen. I got to go. One love to everyone listening to this program. Uh, shout out to Comic Corner. Uh, shout out to, uh, uh, what else? Shout out to uh, family. Okay? Daydream. Also daydream. If you're listening to this, take some time to daydream today. Every little thing is going to be all right. Begsy, sign us out. All right, shout out to the everydayers, the occasional listeners. And this is your first time listening. Welcome to the Lockdown Canucks family, baby. No coming up next week on the agenda. I still want to do a bit of a deep dive into Teddy Bluger. I want to take a look at what the Canucks lines will actually look like next season. Also done some research on Patrick Alvin. Okay. How did the how did he draft when he was with the Pittsburgh Penguins? Was he actually good at drafting? Kind of want to do a bit of that as a good summer episode. But for now, I'm Trevor Beggs. That guy's Cal Bowen. And you've been listening to Locked On Canucks.